You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Say hello to my little friend. To infinity and beyond. Like tears in rain. On Wednesdays we wear pink. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Tears looking at you, kid. You talking to me? You're gonna need a bigger boat. You'll always have Paris. Hello and welcome back to the third of our Christmas slash New Year's bonus episodes of Films and Friends. My name's Josh. I am joined in the studio with Just Tobias today. We have no guests, so enjoy our voices more than you usually would. We are throwing it back to the first ever episode where it was just me and you chatting about films. Yeah, we're and we're going to go just that, chat about films, but in Manchester. Yes, and as two people who are students in Manchester and who edit the film section of the Mancunian, which is uh, the University of Manchester student newspaper, which is also the biggest student newspaper in the country. You Don't gotta get that bit forget in. it. Yeah, we basically are, and this, this is just a flex, we are the go-to people for what's happening in Manchester. We, we are in touch with a lot of uh, people who run cinemas and film festivals and events, so our inbox is basically the holy grail of cinephile Manchester, uh, Mancunian cinephile life, basically. And when when I arrived at university, I was pleasantly surprised by the amount of things going on in Manchester as a whole, but especially about film. Being able to rock up to uh, either you know a chain of corporate cinema or a smaller indie cinema and have watch a new film or an old film with with a, other people that were actually there to watch it because anytime I saw any classic films showing in, in my hometown in Spain, they they never sold. Whereas here it's it's a thing. Yeah, I think a lot of people think that obviously because of the um sort of the uh, cultural hub of the UK a lot of people think is London, uh, it could be people could misinterpret the fact that Manchester might not be that good for finding like one off showings or even like film premieres they occasionally have up here. Yeah, yeah, they have film premieres up here, and I'm not sure how much we can talk about this, but uh, they, there are different systems for getting press and critics to watch films before they release. That way you can, you know, get the reviews ready for when the embargo drops, which is usually, what, a day before the film comes out, week before the film yeah, comes out? Yeah, usually a week or so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we... We've been invited to the ones that are starting to happen in Manchester in January. I, I won't say anything else just in case we can't, but mm. I'm sure we can say that, you know, it's a thing. Yes, yeah, so we can say it's happening somewhere in Manchester. It's happening somewhere in Manchester. You guys won't know when. That's for us to know <laughs> to find out. But yeah, genuinely, it's it. Manchester is where it's actually happening under the radar almost. Yeah, I think there's a big thing as well, sort of put about London, about the number of different um, like independent cinemas in London, whereas actually Manchester now, and I'm sure you're sort of the expert on this as someone who is yep. published in a magazine writing an article literally about Absolutely, yeah. the sort of um, <laughs> independent cinemas that have recently opened in Manchester. But um, so me and you have both been here for the same time, we've been here for about two and a half years now. Two and a half years now. And yeah, from when we started to now, there's been, as you put in the article very well, a sort of boom in the number of different places you can go to watch films in Manchester. Yeah, so when I arrived, you had uh, View at the Printworks, the Odeon um, in the Great Northern Warehouse, which is a, a small shopping centre, which is not really a shopping centre, it's a cinema and two casinos, right? Yeah, casinos, yeah. yeah. But, oh, and an axe-throwing place. And an axe-throwing place, that's true. Um, but yes, the, the those were basically the only cinemas around. And uh, There's the one in Gorton that I've never been to. There's one in Gorton, and I went to um, Cineworld Didsbury, nice. where 
my mates and I wanted to watch Detective Pikachu, and we were like, yeah, let's go to that one there. And we showed up, and honestly, it was terrible, <laughs> because um, they the only screening that they had uh, at the time we were there for Detective Pikachu was 4DX, or whatever they call it, at Cineworld. And essentially means that um, you have the film showing in front of you, but then they have these elongated screens on the left and the right where they grab edges of the film um, and distort it and stretch it so it looks like it's filling your field of vision. I think I've seen adverts that on Instagram. Yeah, you've, you've definitely seen adverts yeah. for it. It's atrocious. It's gimmicky. <laughs> it, it, it looks terrible. They actually crop the film itself, so it, it, it's not the right aspect ratio. And it was 12 quid per person, which every other cinema in the city centre is a fiver. The question is, which would anger Martin Scorsese more? Watching The Irishman on your phone or in that cinema? That's the question. We, we'd have to ask him. <laughs> one day we will. Yeah. <laughs> we'll bring him to Manchester and drag him around. Just that one question. That one question, that's it. That's it. That's a million dollar question. But yes, yeah, so I think what would be kind of good now is for you to sort of, because you're obviously the expert on this, is so what are the options for uh, independent cinemas in Manchester then? So the the first one, which is kind of the, the, the big one, is Home, which we love. Yes. Um, Everyone who's been to home loves it. It's in the city centre of Manchester. It's easy to get to. And student tickets are at Fiverr. And they have a pretty robust programming. So Jason Wood is the curator there. And he is uh, he, he's a lovely chap. And they, they balance kind of mainstream film, but kind of more artsy mainstream. So Call Me By Your Name was something that they, they I think they did show. Um, whereas I don't think they show they showed Interstellar, but then they they showed Joker, but they wouldn't show I don't know I mean they wouldn't show Cats there mm. they wouldn't show a, a, a Pixar film so they they have a really interesting catalogue but I've seen so many films that I wouldn't have got to see at the cinema otherwise at home I saw Good Time by the Safdie brothers uh, a lot of A twenty four films make it there so Good Time I got to see. What else was it? Um, Mid-90s, which didn't get a wide release in the UK, and it's now on Netflix, uh, but I got to see it at the cinema. I got to see The Lighthouse in a preview screening that they did, which, sure, it's getting a wide release, but hey, that was the only cinema doing a, a preview in the North. I am very jealous that you've seen it. You see how you saw it, like, you saw it at like, the end of October, didn't you? It was, yeah, uh, 13th of October. October, maybe. Yeah, Yeah, and I have to wait until the end of January to actually watch it. Yeah, so. I have to wait until the end of January to watch it again. So we're in the, <laughs> kind of in the same boat. Yeah, true. Um, uh, ironically. Ironically. <laughs> but yeah, I think the other thing to say about Home is just the uh, breadth of the seasons they do in the festivals. Yes. Because a lot of the um, festivals, really all of the festivals in Manchester, apart from the Manchester International Film Festival, which is at the Odeon, a lot of them are held at home. And there, through them, I've seen a lot of stuff that you'd literally never see in the UK on a cinema. So yeah. literally uh, three weeks ago, I went there to watch um, Ruben Brandt Collector, which is, I think it is a... I can't remember exactly where it is from in Eastern Europe. I think like Slovakian... An anime, uh, Hungarian, so it's a Hungarian yeah. animation about like uh, psychotherapy and art, and it's probably one of the only times it's ever been shown in cinemas in the UK through the Manchester Animation Festival. Yeah, it's so unique, and as well, it's not just the breadth of their content; their their breadth of uh, of of, of uh, t 
types of media mm. because they are not just a cinema. They are a theater. They are a cafe and restaurant. They have a little art gallery space. They do that multimedia experience. So a lot of their festivals there uh, are cross media experiences. So some of them are you know separate events. So they have a play on and then a film, uh, and among the other stuff. Or as uh, Jack, who was on the other week. Went to he went to watch film called well watch a film slash play called Kingdom, hmm. and it was all about King Kong. So it was the old King Kong film projected on the screen, and but maybe it was projected in reverse because you're technically behind the screen and they're putting on a play um, to an audience that is supposedly ahead of you. It, I can't remember what it was, but basically it was kind of a mix between theater and film happening all at once. Hmm. And yeah, home home is the type of place where they do that. So. One of our favorite places uh, because of their robust programming, wonderful facilities, and wonderful team. They, they're just someone to support. They're independent and they're a charity. Yes. And so, definitely a place you check out when you're Manchester. Yep. And then other places that I didn't mention earlier have opened up this year, and it's what I wrote an article about, are little indie cinemas. And I'll list them off one by one and then go through them. So you have the Old Bank Residency in Noma is where they call it. It's literally next to Victoria Station, right in the north of um, the city centre. You have Cultureplex, which is kind of like a, a, a co-working, not co-working, but it's more like an open plan cafe restaurant space that has a cinema room, um, which is really well equipped. It's like a 4K, really comfy place. Then you've got... Um, the Chapeltown Picture House, which is a tiny, tiny cinema around the corner from Cultureplex, and Chapeltown Picture House is inspired by the Alamo Draft House. And then you also have so you have these these three. I think I, th- I think that's a uh, about it. Uh, so it's on Everyman coming at some point. So yeah, the Everyman opened up a couple weeks ago. Oh, it's actually open now. It's open. Um, they we <laughs> had a bit of drama with um, them inviting us. Essentially, they they sent an email to the editor in chief of the paper, not us. Mm. So oh, someone from that, the editorial yeah. team went instead. And yeah, Everyman. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to uh, uh, fault any of these cinemas, but Everyman is very much kind of like a posh cinema experience and they only show uh, kind of blockbuster films. It's not really anything that special. Where is it? It's in Spinning Fields. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and apparently it's some... Bu- I, I, I can't picture it right now, but apparently it's a building that was old and they've renovated it and they've opened the cinema. So that's the point. I just remember seeing adverts for it and they had looked like they had more comfortable chairs. Yeah, that's, than, that's literally yeah. just the thing and it's more expensive. It's That's it. Oh, yeah, true. The expense doesn't really... Yeah, but... Yeah, the, these little cinemas are all great. I mean, Old Bank Residency is a documentary-only kind of thing. And it's technically a temporary cinema, which was built by volunteers. But they might keep it open longer if more people go. And it, they, it seems to be relatively popular, so that's, uh, that's good. Then we have um, the Chapeltown Picture House, as I mentioned. They do a lot of um, uh, classic films. And they want to open the doors to curators, so... I'm hoping to maybe put on film screenings there soon. That'd be fun. Um, what kind of stuff would you screen? Does that so interest? I'm thinking of doing maybe a series of Latin American film. Um, maybe Hispanic and broaden it, but I think just films from Latin America to start mm. with and have academics come and give a post-film talk and build a whole thing. But that's a plan for another time. 
Uh, the um because uh, home do do a sp- they do Spanish and Latin America. They Viva, do, yeah, which is, which is where the um was that was where the um Kingdom thing was, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It Kingdom was, yeah, was from a crew from Barcelona. Because I went to see a film, a Argentinian crime thriller called El Angel, which yeah, is based yes. on Carlo Roberto. Pooch, who yep, is no, Pooch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Argentina's longest-serving uh, prisoner, sorry. who is still in prison now. He is, yes. I have that film downloaded on my computer, actually. I'm waiting to watch it. Yes, it's really good. It's really uh, worth a watch. I've heard it's brilliant. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Argentine cinema, it's, it's, it's a good one. <laughs> I'm trying to think what kind of films I would curate. I'd just do something really basic, though, wouldn't I? But there's It'd fun some, in that. It would just be, like, I think, like, probably... Teen films from like the seventies and eighties. That'd be so fun. Probably start with obviously you have like, the obvious ones like uh, Ferris Bueller, yeah, a uh, Fast Times Original High, yeah, so John any John Hughes films like Breakfast Club, Sixteen Candles. Cool. But then I think you probably you could probably dive deeper into it and find some less um yeah less mainstream you totally picks. make it niche and that aspect of curation is where uh, Manchester Classic Films come in. So yes. Manchester Classic Films is I'm going to say an organisation, but um, it's run by one guy. Uh, Fergus and Fergus is a great guy Manchester Classic Films is so the way they use this thing called Our Screen which is a, a crowdfunding platform for film screenings where you set the budget of how much this film needs to make to actually be put on so every ticket is literally paying for the screening and yeah, Fergus puts on all sorts of cool films. I saw Once Upon a Time. Uh, sorry, no, um, not Once Upon a Time in the West. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. I saw there. He's got a screening of Airplane coming up in January, which I plugged a couple weeks ago. So by the time this goes up, yeah, this will be before the screening. Yes. So uh, I think it's the eleventh of January, if I'm not mistaken. Not sure. Um, but yeah, he did Terminator. He does all sorts, and yeah, it, it, that is held in the Odeon. And sure, a lot of people will knock chains of cinemas because they're kind of like Weatherspoons when it comes to pubs, that they kill off the local scene and they, they're, they're a threat. However, I don't really feel that's the case with the Odeon because they host, that's why they have um, the Manchester Class Films. Grimfest is hosted yeah, there. Yeah, Grimfest, that's what I was thinking about yep, earlier. Grimfest is hosted there. Uh, Manif uh, is hosted there as well. So it, it yeah, it's a bit weird because although it's an Odeon, it doesn't really look like an Odeon. It, it, it's kind of like a, it, it feels kind of like a, late 90s cinema oh yeah it is completely stuck in the late 90s yeah not tech wise though the the, the seats are comfy and the the screens are good like it's not bad technically on a technical level it's it's good but when you go up the escalator there is a sort of um, graffiti style fairground so the kind of thing you see on like a fairground ride graffiti style mural yeah and one of the characters on it is uh, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi complete with rat tail yeah so it's it's, yeah Yeah, that is dated blast from the past but Genuinely a really good cinema as yeah. well. I actually really like it. And what what View's got going for it, I'm going to say, is that the IMAX screen is actually pretty pretty great. I saw Blade Runner there and it was worth it. Mm. Um, it's more expensive because it's like 10 quid for a ticket when you can send, you know, depending on the day of the week, maybe send £4 on a cinema ticket. But you, for a big experience, it's worth it. Not to um, not because I'm being paid by them or anything, but as someone who, that's generally the cinema I go to because it's easy one for me to get to, really. Cause you yeah. Because I'm generally, in the, if I'm sort of around the city, I can just pop in there because it's quite near um, where the Arndale is. Yeah. But um, yeah, every, so every, all the time their tickets are 4 apart from on Mondays when I think they are 3 that, That's what I'm thinking of, yeah. Yes. So... Yeah, the cinema scene in Manchester, honestly, it, it kind of it shows that cinema isn't dying. Mm. And I've spoken to a lot of people about this. 
and by people I mean anyone from you know fellow uh, writers and editors of the newspaper friends and industry professionals uh, earlier this year I had a chat with uh, John Cooper and David Courier who are respectively the director of Sundance and the head of curation and they they were <laughs> so nice and one of the questions I had was yeah how what do they think of streaming and cinema and is is it an issue and honestly they were very very hopeful and same when I spoke to Julian Stanford who's the head of Dolby Europe when I went to the Dolby, Cine Dolby Cinema room in the Odeon Trafford Centre which is another cinema which is a bit out of the way but it's there um, and yeah that everybody thinks that cinema everybody who's higher up in these industries which are the ones who handle the money they are the ones who know when you shut down a cinema because it's underperforming uh, believe in cinema they see that yeah numbers don't fall and if anything's to go by yeah, we we you know we we take the piss out of um, the Marvel films. Yet m the Marvel films are a sign that cinema isn't dying. I mean, how how much did Endgame gross? It was the biggest ever. Yes, right? it was over two. I think it was nearly. It was either just shy of or just over two point two billion, which is insane. But prove you know it proves that people will shell over a fiver to watch Netflix and watch terrible films, but they will also shell over a fiver to watch Avengers. Yeah, I think one of the things that sort of one of the things I like about um, going to cinema in Manchester specifically compared to where I live back at home in Cornwall is that actually because the tickets are cheaper, so uh, I get to view, so that's four nine a ticket. What it means is actually on like a monthly basis, I probably spend more money on the cinema here than I would do back at home because I go more often just because it's cheaper. Yeah, well, so I grew up in a um, in a town in Spain that was just outside of Barcelona, and our cinema. So we had two. One of the cinemas was in a shopping centre, which, sure, it was like a five-minute drive. It, it, it wasn't out of the way at all, but, but it, there weren't regular buses and walking was kind of like a dangerous road because it, um, it, it was past motorways and whatnot. That cinema was there, and then there was one near my school, which, unfortunately, was made me really sad. Um, it got shut down, then it got bought up by the town, by um, the council, um, the, the city council, town hall, or whatever, and then they slash jobs and are reducing the size of it. So I don't know what they're doing with it. Um, but yeah, the films, the cinemas in Spain, they weren't that good. They weren't. There was no like passion behind them. Mm. Um, I must say though, one of my favorite cinemas is um, it's called Phenomena, and it's in Barcelona. I think I'm something's. Oh, there's Mike. Um, Phenomena, and it, they, they call it the Phenomena Experience, and it's an old-school cinema which has The Shining's carpet as their carpet. It's one screen, and they do all sorts of screenings. That's where I saw Dunkirk in 70mm, 35mm showing of um, uh, uh, Hateful Eight. It, it, it's a good cinema, really good cinema, and yeah, uh, my hometown, the point is, there were two cinemas, they weren't great, and the prices were like, it was like 12, 13 euros for a film sometimes, 8, um, it, it, they, they kept changing the prices because of course they, they there wasn't demand sometimes. I mean if you go into like one of the big chains like an Odeon or even View like down in London, you're looking at 15, 16, 17 quid for a cinema yeah, ticket. Yeah, like I was, I was so on Reddit, uh, I was, you know, I've kind of gone off Reddit a bit but I'd still hang around the horror um, community. And some people were talking about how horror streaming might be the next big thing and whatnot. Because in America, some people spend like, it's like almost $20 for a ticket, which is insane. 
Like, it's just not sustainable. And then you have people who like obviously spend money on like snacks and stuff, which I do not understand. No, do not. Which I think is probably an artifact of the fact that I'm do this sort of um I do the sort of whole writing about film thing, so I do have to send them a fair amount. Yeah. So like for me it's not like a obviously I guess I guess if you'd hardly ever go to the cinema like once a year, I guess it is probably quite nice to have that sort of experience of sort of our oh, popcorn and a drink yeah. and that's sort of really nice. Whereas if you go to the cinema like all time, three it's or four times a month. Yeah, you yeah, can't afford to do it. I always take a drink on me though. I, I I only have my bottle of water. I'll buy myself a soft drink, and I sometimes take a bag of sweets in. But yeah, I I it's quite funny because uh, I think that kind of that culture of don't bring your own food into the cinema is a bit died out a bit. Most cinemas oh, here don't yeah. really care. No, right? I'm pretty sure most of them. If you look on their website, they just say you can't bring in alcohol or hot food. You yeah, can't bring in a pasty, which, which is, is gutting and cool. That, that is gutting. But no, I'm, I'm actually the worst person for eating in cinemas because I like crisps. Oh, no. I'm that, I, no. I, I am that guy. I get a full bag of Skittles. And yeah, Dr. that's Pepper. a good shout. Yeah, I used to like, <laughs> I used to eat a lot of uh, sweets in the cinema, but since being sort of vegetarian, I can't really eat any good ones. Oh, yeah. Like strawberry laces. For some or, reason, strawberry laces are pretty much the only cheap, uh, they're the only sweets you can get which are specifically vegetarian, but not specifically for vegetarians. Interesting. Which is really weird. Like, oh, I've never seen a pack of strawberry laces that aren't vegetarian before. Where, but, but if you buy actual, like, oh, here are vegetarian sweets, they're generally not very nice and expensive. Yeah, I, 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 I've experienced that one when one of my friends, I can't remember, must have been, yeah, but, but yeah, I know what you mean. Mm. I, I've actually experienced that. And yeah, basically, I mean, should we wrap this episode up? Yes, I yeah, think just so, yeah. wrap wrap this episode up. Um, when looking at film in cinema, uh, wow, no, when looking at cinema. And film in Manchester. <laughs> we, if you want a written guide, we wrote one up on um, the on the Mancunian. We c- wrote it together, and it's uh, a film lover's guide to Manchester. Yes, which has festivals, it has events, it has cinemas, and it's it's not really outdated because no, um, we've got all, all the big ones and all the big ones. And by big ones, I mean big ones in our hearts because it's all, all the small cinemas we quite like. Mm. And it's worth going to these cinemas. And what's especially worth noting, which is what I investigated for the article I, I my first paid article I ever wrote um, is that a lot of these cinemas are, are kind of evolving it's not just a cinema where you you walk in watch a film walk out they are more than a cinema they are a place where you go and maybe have a drink before your film or you have a coffee and take it into your film and then after your film go have dinner at the cinema itself because it's more than a cinema it's a cultural hub um, where you can also go and get work done during the day. And also, I think it's important to remember, like, seeing films now, it's not just about going to see the latest big blockbuster, is you have retrospective showings and festivals and sort of, when they, uh, as I said, curations, where they put on films you might not have seen before. And even, like, to a lesser extent, looking for places that show films in uh, unusual times. So uh, the day before um, Halloween this year, there is a bar just at the top of Oxford Road called Yes!, yeah, there's really nice pizzas, and they did a showing of uh, The Shining at seven minutes past eleven at night. Obviously, the twenty-three <laughs> two three seven thing, and so yeah, that was on, and yeah, it was really nice. It was in the sort of the gig space downstairs. Okay, yeah, and I've been there. It was, yeah, it was really nice, and so that's that, nice. Those kind of events and stuff. That's the kind of stuff you really have to look out for. And I know it's been said, it's said sort of um, at infinitum on the internet about like local places, sort of the whole use it or lose it mentality. But I think in terms of stuff like this, when there are so many new opportunities to see films in different places in Manchester and see such a broad range of films, it is worth using it because they do require 
with enough customers, that's how they expand. That's how they stay open for, for sure. longer. And they're not expensive. That's the thing. No. When it, it, you know, talk, some people don't want to uh, talk about money too much. Some people get a bit anxious about it. If you were to look at your budget and look at how much you're spending when you go out, going out with your friends to watch a film in in a city like Manchester, at least we're talking about Manchester, it's cheap. Mm. It's it's genuinely cheap. You can go out and for under a tenner, you can go, watch a film. Maybe even buy you know uh, a drink and, and and some sweets at a shop before you go, and then maybe even have some leftover for a pint. Like genuinely for a tenner, you can have a full afternoon slash evening out with friends. And yeah, it's 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 there. Yeah. So um, thank you very much for listening to this. We'll be back with one more bonus episode, which will come out next Tuesday. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Josh Sandy and on Instagram at Josh W Sandy. And all my social media is Tobias Soar. And yeah, I will. I post about all these local things all the time because I support the local scene, uh, not because uh, I I'm being paid for it. <laughs> uh, it's because I genuinely have a deep love for it. So just get out there and watch some films. Yes, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Thank you.